What is up, doe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show, where we discuss a team that is unable to win 50 basketball games in an NBA season for almost four decades. <sighs> Your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is June 6, 2016, and happy summer, everyone. I know the official date is until the end of June, but with schools getting out, pools opening, Memorial Holiday behind us, I feel we can finally engage uh, to the summer holiday uh, that is upon us, you know, until I start bitching uh, about the humidity here in the swamp known as the nation's capital. Hope everyone had a great holiday. I was back in the Midwest, had a cousin's wedding in Kansas City, kicked it with the fam in Iowa. My sister got a new lab puppy. Uh, my two little nieces played with them a lot, took a lot of pictures uh, with them and the puppy. Hashtag chick magnet, hashtag busting ovaries. <laughs> and, and boy, oh boy, uh, maybe your grills did not need any charcoal or propane and they were just powered by the amount of gorilla hot takes. Goodness gracious, people were pissed off about that gorilla being shot uh, in the Cincinnati Zoo. I don't really have a strong opinion of that either Either way. I felt it was a sad situation all the way around. But man, I, I checked on the Twitter machine after being being away for a couple of days. And man, the venom of the gorilla hot takes were relentless. People were not happy at all. Personally, I'm more upset about the refugees uh, dying, uh, fleeing Libya and, and the Mediterranean than I am about a gorilla but hey, different strokes for different folks, I guess. I want to do a little housekeeping uh, before we get into today's show. Got an got a awesome uh, iTunes commenter, finally. Uh, you can go on to iTunes and make a comment. I guess it supposedly helps my rating. I'm still not rated uh, on, on the iTunes store. But uh, Millie Rock uh, gave a great comment. So shout out to Millie Rock. Uh, the quote was, really like the show. Icon, uh, thumbs up especially being a Wiz fan who would like to hear more about this team than the national media covers. Uh, hashtag DC restarting. So Millie Rock, thanks a lot for your contribution. Anyone can go on and contribute. Tell me how bad I suck. Uh, stop talking about the weather and, and rambling on. But anyway, uh, our, our show today uh, is Mr. Mr. Truth About It himself, Kyle Wida. We, we got a chance to get together over the weekend and Went on a monster, monster pod, almost an hour and a half to two hours. So I'm going to break it up in two different shows. On this, on this episode, we get into just reflecting on the NBA playoffs so far, that Thunder Warriors series, talked a little bit about the finals. We recorded after game one. I know game two just happened, uh, and, and the Cavs are in deep trouble. They did not look good, but all their takes are still relevant. We went into uh, how the Thunders... Uh, series loss to the Warriors and then blowing a three one lead, how that factors into the you know the hashtag KD to DC and Kevin Durant's free agency options that are coming uh, that will be upon us here at the beginning of July in less than a month. Uh, we went into the Scott Brooks hire. Me and Kyle had not discussed about that on the, on the show. Uh, so yes, everyone enjoy this. This is part one of my conversation with my good friend and good pal, Mr. Kyle Weida. Enjoy. Well, Kyle, I have, I've had many uh, podcasts over the last year that I've done. This is, might be the first one that uh, I have not done at my place. I, I did do a couple at my sister's and my mom's to be a true blogger. Uh, not the basement. One time the basement, one time the attic. Uh, but this is the first time this is, we're at your spot. Right. Uh, I mean, anyway, uh, introduce Mr. Truth About It, uh, Kyle Weedai. Kyle, uh, what is up, dude? What How are you? What's going on? It's going to be a hot summer. 
hot summer. Uh, so the lead is we are doing this in person together at your new abode here in the Petworth uh, area of the Washington, D.C. Uh, right. New crib. I, I like the moving studio. And we're going to talk some basketball, man. What do you and, think? And I'm down to talk basketball. To set the record straight, I think we did do a podcast from my old place. One time? Yeah, one, one or two times. Maybe one or yeah, two times. The old okay. place on the border of Columbia Heights and Mount Pleasant, but now it's a neighborhood over in Petworth, which I do like. Um, I don't know if that's conducive to our basketball conversation, but... Yes, and last yeah. time, last time we, we, we hung out in person during this, I almost had a mental breakdown because of technical difficulties. I mean, you talked for about an hour and a half. We went, broke down a lot of things about this Washington Wizards basketball team, and we never got to publish it. So we're not going to rehash all that. Uh, it, it was going to cost me two hundred dollars to, to fix it. So I did not. I didn't think our hot takes were, were worth two hundred dollars. I'm sorry. I apologize to the listeners. But but I I'm pumped. It's a Saturday night. Yeah. We're drinking beer. Uh, whether or not that means that we have a lack of a social life, that we're talking about uh, basketball on tonight. But it's been a while since we've, we've hung out, and I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, have some beers later on. I, I know you're catching a flight in the morning. Right, yes. Early but enough about the logistics of our life. I, I guess, you know, I'm not going to complain about the weather because I usually do that uh, to the detriment, I think, of the show. But anything new in your world? What, what's shaking? No, what's- same old, same old with the regular life. I think, I feel that I've been. Obviously, on a little bit of hiatus in terms of our pixel, our, our writing Truth about production it, that. Yes. On, at Truth About It. But I think that's how it is when the Wizards don't make the playoffs. And then you're just sort of watching all the other teams that deserve to make the playoffs. And so it's been, I don't know, it's been an okay playoffs. And we'll get into it a little bit more. I think it has a potential to be a pretty good finals. I don't, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, otherwise life is good. I'm jumping on a 7:30 flight to the West Coast tomorrow to a little bit of a little bit of business, a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of uh, Disneyland, a little bit of Disneyland, Disneyland, yeah, no. SoCal. So, uh, but yeah, I think the summer is it's going to be a hot summer. From anything in the Wizards world, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know something big is going to happen. Yes, there's there's a lot to discuss about this basketball team, Kyle. So the last two years, the Wizards have made the playoffs. Have we gotten spoiled now to now when they don't make it? And it was such a painful, not fun season, right? And we don't have to go into that. You can go and listen to my million other podcasts about that. But just I want your take of watching these playoffs without the Wizards in it. I know you you, you mentioned it. Like at first I was in denial. I was like, I'm not going to watch any of the playoffs. You know, oh, the Wizards. Then of course I watched a lot of the playoffs. Now there was some series I was like, I didn't really watch much of the Celtics right, Hawks. Right. Uh, the Raptors, Pacers bored me to death. But the West, I, I definitely, and some of the West series weren't that great. God, the Rockets were a bore to watch. That was yeah, like a chore. Yeah. It wasn't fun at all. But, you know, the last couple of series, especially the Thunder and the Spurs and the Thunder and Warriors, I was totally watched almost every game. I was engaged. Uh, you know, the Cavs series, I guess maybe a couple of the Raptors games were somewhat competitive. Yeah, it's, but it's not, it's not like you can't, you know, you can miss it. You know, if there's something else going on that night, you can do that. If you but, what's your take, be, yeah. but what's your take of the playoffs this year watching it without the Wizards being involved? Um, well, the, with is it the weird? Wizards... Is it weird that we're spoiled? No, nah, I'm not going to use the word spoiled. Where, yeah. I'm not going to say spoiled. Uh-huh. I think it's just it's still disappointing because of the lost opportunity. But I think at this point, you know, I, I'm... I'm not totally past what a crappy season it was because you still don't feel like there's a lot of accountability other than firing Whitman. But you know it is what it is. To quote our friend Mike Miller, and it, it again, it's going to be an interesting summer. And 
with the playoffs, I, I'm still a basketball fan, so I'm going to yeah. watch it. It's not like the Caps, where I get really into uh, the Capitals running yes. playoffs, and after that, I just sort of shut down. The game's on right now. Yeah, I guess it. Pittsburgh's up 2-0, two, two so you kind of hate that. They're playing and, the Sharks right now. Yeah, being a Caps fan, and you, yes. you hate the Penguins. Oh, they're going to win. They're going to win, Yeah, too. they're probably going to win. So I, I've been cut off from NHL, but that's not, you know, that's nowhere near the sport uh, that basketball is to me. So mm. I've still been watching it, even though it hasn't been like a classic playoffs. You've had some really good teams. Some good battles, but you know, overall, it's just been a, a little bit of who you, subpar playoffs. Who you've been rooting for? I was going for the Thunder. I was too. Uh, you know, but then I got to a point where, like, well, Golden State's coming back, and let's see what happens then. Uh, and it, I was still going for the Thunder, but it was really disappointing, especially Durant, how he performed in Game Six. I think there's some like sort of discussion as to who performed or who didn't step up enough whether it was Durant or Westbrook it's probably both of them obviously but I think some of the decisions Durant was making were a little bit of a trigger to Westbrook who really you know he was playing great most of the playoffs distributing the ball and then he started making bad turnovers Durant was taking bad shots so you know I don't know you know it's really the same sort of continued sign of them not working together. I think the big narrative here is about so far is about oh how they got close and Golden State so good but honestly, I mean, you, I think both Durant and Westbrook, or maybe Durant even more, obviously, obviously since he's a free agent, have to wonder, like, am I going to work with this guy? Uh, Durant probably has to do a lot of soul-searching because, again, I, I put a lot on his shoulders. Some of those shots were just bad in Game 6, and they really choked that, that series away. You, no, is it choked to, to lose to a team with 73 wins, though? No, I mean... You, you, <laughs> but being like up 3-1, being throw, up 3-1, you, right? You throw out the records, and you're up 3-1, and you have a chance you to win in your game. home court. I mean, yeah, Golden State is great. It's a historical season, but it's not like... You know, you look at it by the situation you're in. So if they, they blew it. They blew it. Yeah, it, it was interesting because after I watched game three and four where the Thunder just kicked their ass, and I was like, holy shit. Obaka was playing best I'd seen him play in a long time. Yeah. Adams was out of his mind, defending. Uh, Roberson was crashing the boards. Like Golden State couldn't really, aside from Clay, really couldn't get any buckets. You know, you know, and, and they, yeah. Draymond Green was playing terribly. Their bench wasn't doing much. Like Thunder, just, Thunder just wanted him more. I know it's a cliche, but this thing that, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, they won game one, they lose game two, it was kind of close. They kicked their ass in game three and four. In game five, you know, the Warriors won at home, you know, the Thunder ran in at the end, and then yeah. game six was the game. And yeah. so then I'm like, Thunder yeah. come home. And because the Thunder controlled that game the whole time. And then here it is, they're up, I think it was seven with five minutes left, and then Durant and Westbrook don't score, have six turnovers, and Clay and, and Curry score yeah. 14 points. And some of those shots are ridiculous. And so... You were like, oh, like you had those moments, and they got into the, I guess, hero ball, you don't want to say. But what I thought was, was really different is that once the Warriors would um, miss shots, they, 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 if they would make the shots, then they're unstoppable. But yeah. when they miss shots, then the Thunder would get on the break, and Wester Westbrook was like destroying them, and they were getting all the offensive rebounds and second shots. And then it, that just stopped happening in, in, in the game six and seven. And then also, uh, the Warriors just made some. They adjusted. They, they Golden made State made through. adjustments. They did. And they started it was like all earlier right. in a season, earlier in a series. Like some of the big lineups from Oklahoma City really like mm-hmm. took it to Golden State, and I think Golden State adjusted. Sometimes they went really small into that like whatever their nuclear death, whatever the lineup they call it. And so they adjusted, and then they just started, you know, making some great shots. And eighty-four more points on three pointers. Game yeah. six and seven. I That's think they insane. hit 90, 93s over seven games. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's Golden State deserved to be there, even though in the first. 
couple of games, it's like they were down on themselves. So it goes to show you yeah. how like how much a seri- how much it series, can change right? so much over a series. It's and, and I think it's I think the adjustment they said they made too is like they were what not they were letting Roberson shoot, and yeah. then now they just changed it and played more straight up. And that really and that really helped him. And it's actually it's kind of weird too. It's like a team scores eighty four more three pointers, and they were still close games too in both of those. And I know going back to Kevin Durant yeah. in Game Seven, I thought the Game Seven was really that third quarter. Uh, the Thunder played terribly on offense. Uh, they were trading threes for twos. I think they got outscored twenty seven to twelve. The crowd gets back into it, and the bench you had like Livingston. We're going to talk about Sean Livingston, yeah. former Wizard, went right to the hole. There was like. There was no easy buckets. The Thunder had given up that whole series. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they were giving up easy bu- Barbosa got like a bucket. And, yeah. the, and they were eliminating those. And that was which was beneficial to them taking the lead. Now, what do you think? Um, uh, so who are you rooting for now? Um, obviously, are you rooting for the Warriors? I'm rooting against it's Cleveland. LeBron. So yes, like, like yes. yes, I'm rooting for the Warriors. I would be rooting for, you know, whomever would be playing yes. Cleveland. So, Yeah. And, and that was that was quite an interesting game one. Um, I don't Love know. Jim Murray's hitting dudes in the nuts, dude. I, I, I don't roll with him I, anymore. No, I can't <laughs> roll with him. But uh, you know what is Delhi doing? He he's oh. and, and not to say that one foul in game one it was more incidental, like yes. the foul on Delhi. It wasn't like yeah, totally hit, in Iguodala's nuts. nuts. Yeah. You know, it, it was that was more incidental. But Delhi has a history. Of being yeah, yeah fucker, he right? has a history. It's like there are a lot of unlikable characters on Cleveland too, yes. or like oh. the owner of Cleveland or whatever. Yes. So yes. I, I think you're 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 picking the lesser of two evils here. Yeah, I think Draymond Green is kind of a dick, but you know, he is he's also the guy you like to have him on your team and and he's so key to Golden State and what they are. And you know, what do you think? I don't mind what do that. you think game one in the finals or what do you see? Do you see this going far? It's going to change, like yeah. just like we saw in Oklahoma City series. Like Golden State looked game two tomorrow night. Yeah, We're Golden State looked night. very dominant in game one, but it, it was still like a close, interesting game. But it's like you look up and you're like, oh, Cleveland's down fourteen. Well, they make a run. Oh, Cleveland's suddenly like it got close when when Curry and uh, Thompson hit those back to back threes. Yeah. I think there's that one run where Golden State turned the ball over. LeBron's charging down the court. Draymond Green comes and pokes it from behind. Curry hits that three. Yep. Clay Thompson hits three after that. So it's like suddenly Golden State's up twenty again. And so it was, it was really it was the closest like almost blowout I've seen. What's weird is like what what take do you do you make? You say Cleveland like wow you're in it. Uh, you're in it. You played pretty well even though your bench played terribly. But then on reverse, Golden State wins and Thompson and, and, and Curry had off yeah. games and they still won the game because their bench played well. So. What is, is there any takeaways you can have from the series? I, 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 don't I don't know if Golden State's bench is going to do hold that up like time, that every right? game. I think one thing we saw a lot was LeBron was like really attacking off the dribble. Yes, no threes. I do wonder if we'll see him more in the post trying to create open shots and get like, you yeah. know, Kyrie can shoot, Love can shoot, JR, you know, J.R. Smith can shoot. I wonder if you'll, we'll see LeBron in the post a little bit more trying to create for those guys inside out as opposed to dribble drive attack all the time. And maybe there'll be more of a balance in, in game two on Sunday. But I mean, Schumpert was bad. J.R. Smith was bad. Yeah. there. I looked down the roster. I guess they don't. Mo Williams, he doesn't play Mo Williams. Yeah. You didn't really. Like, I was ripping on Dylan uh, Tristan Thompson didn't really make an impact. I mean, no. he 
couple no, rebounds. I mean, I thought Kevin Love played well. Yeah. I think, and Kevin Love probably has to go inside and be that Minnesota Kevin Love, but I don't know if he has that in him anymore. Yeah, he also missed some key layoffs yeah, like yeah. at the end. So it's like it, Kevin Love is he's very sort of streaking and consistent. Yeah. And yeah. then Kyrie had his typical Kyrie game where uh, he made some good moves and scored, but if you look at the, the, the final box score, I think he went, had like 22 shots and 24 yeah. points or something like that. And I, I think his defense was, like, oh, was okay. But going back to... What has been your main takeaways of these playoffs? I mean, is it just the 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 war? It's about the Warriors. The East seemed to be not very compelling, aside from maybe I guess if you want thought that Raptors Cavs series was compelling because the Raptors were two, two series out in Game Sevens. In the West, you had injuries play a part in the Clippers, which that was kind of disappointing, right? Uh, you know, and I think Portland won because of that, and then Portland gave Golden State maybe a little bit run a little bit more because of Curry's injury. But it's weird too. Yeah. Is that Curry when he plays bad? They they say I think Jeff Van Gundy goes off on this too. Like he plays bad that he's injured, or he plays well, no one talks about his injury. <laughs> I, I really the playoffs has come down to like the two biggest stars are on the the stage again, yeah. Curry and LeBron, and then Six I saw final this for like LeBron. chart on Twitter the other day, so I can't remember who to credit. But basically, you know, these are the two teams who made the most three-pointers per 100 possessions or, like, you know, top three or five or something. So it's also, like, three-pointers will... They they are the difference maker in this league now, and it's not something that's new. We've been talking about this for a while. We've been talking about the, you know, the Wizards and their different changes. I think... Pace and space. Yeah, pace and space. We talk about pace and space. It really gets down to a three-point shot is more efficient. And when you have guys who can make it, guys, whether you're creating out the post, dribble drive, whatever, when you have guys who can knock down shots, you're going to win the game, and that's what this playoffs is about. In addition to having superstars, and you saw so, Cavs do that with Channing Frye. He's been yeah. playing, knocking down some yeah, shots, he, and so they he, went. Like, they he went was almost a, a bad trade because they gave yeah. him Betajal. They gave you know spent even more money to get Frye, and then he didn't start paying off until the playoffs. But that's he's another guy who can shoot. Is it, is it funny that Betajal now and the Warriors have to be traded for Cleveland? Yeah, like does he yeah. get a ring both ways? I think I was listening to a podcast. He probably gets like a share. No matter I who think was, he's right? the first guy to appear in. You know the back-to-back finals between two teams for each team, each team. right? Yeah, yeah, so that's that's pretty. You but know. So what do you see the outlook of this? I'm mean, game two is coming up. Game th- game two feels like a must-win. I mean, if they don't win game two, they beat a team that won 73 games, four out of five. I don't see that. Uh, do they have to win game two? I mean, do you have to make it competitive. And then how does it? Act? The bench just has to play better for the Cavs. I, yeah, I think that's the only way. Uh, what, what kind of adjustments do you see them? Making or this is essentially like you have to defend the three better and shoot threes better. I then, yeah, they have to they have to knock down the shots. Cleveland does because we'll Cleveland see, was in like the game said, and didn't shoot well. Yeah, right? we'll see if they create shots in a different way using LeBron. Um, Gold State needs to just, just just keep plugging away. Uh, I, I'll uh, yeah, I, game two will be very interesting. I almost I want to say it's going to go six games, but. It's a weird scenario to try to think, you know, because I think Golden State won last year in six. Yes. They won on Cleveland's home court, but it's still weird to think of what scenario where. Curry said the locker room still sells like champagne. Yeah. It was pissed yeah, off they're, LeBron, they're and then LeBron uh, got all mad about these quotes, and then LeBron came back and said, uh, 
you know, oh, I shouldn't have said that the other day about Curry, about the MVP. And LeBron, you know, LeBron's been, it's been interesting this year with LeBron with his subtweeting and, yeah. and like him being kind of, he really like, it feels it. like the Warriors are in his head now a little bit. And he, he really wants it. And, and he, it'll see if he loses in three finals in a row, it'll yes. be interesting to see like the narrative what sort change. of changes he yeah. makes to Cleveland. Cause he's, you know, he's the a GM, GM too. Coach, and fire the coach, GM player coach, whatever. So I think Kyrie or Love gets treated, don't you think? Yeah. I don't know for who. But. Oh, well, one of them gets traded, probably. Right? Yeah, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, I feel like. But I think Golden State, when they have guys, it's kind of like three-point shooting, again, the great equalizer. I think Clay and Curry are so hot at this point, it's kind of like riding a hot goalie in hockey mm-hmm. or hot pitching in baseball. So I think Golden State's finding their peak. They're going to win in five or six games. I think so, too, because the d- defense – I just don't. Yeah. I, I, the way the Thunder was winning because of the defense, especially their bigs, like I mentioned, being able to contain them a little bit more and be able to dominate them on the on the glass. And it, he saw that a little bit with Thompson and Love, but they have to really. Uh, do, that's how they won two games last year in the finals yeah. was, no. was crashing the boards. And I don't see Kyrie's not a good defender. Uh, Shumpert hasn't played well. J.R. Smith kind of floats around. He can yeah. be. I don't. I don't. And when you have Thompson and Curry, you have to be, you know, you have to either switch well. I mean, how many times did you see bad communications where, like, you can't have bad communication? Like, you yeah. can't just leave dudes wide open and, and, and against the best team. I mean, there are too many guys who aren't like your, your big time main veteran defender for LeBron to compensate for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And so to 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 finish, uh, how does OKC feel right now? How does Kevin like? How bad is that taste? How, how long is that? I mean, because like, first of all, it took me a while to get over that Paul Pierce missed shot yeah. last year in the playoffs, and I was just a fan, a blogger. I couldn't even write about it. It took me two days to write that final recap after last year. Uh, this year, I'm still still kind of pissed about the season. Yeah. Right. How is that taste of Oklahoma City? Because and how much does that affect Mr. Kevin Durant, KD to DC? Because because Kyle. Th- it felt like it was just everyone all bad, thinks right? they're knowing what Durant is oh, thinking. Oh, no one knows what Durant's going to do. Point. But, but yeah. how does how bad before we get to that? How bad does OKC feel? I, right I don't think it, I don't think Durant or Westbrook or any of those guys have even grasped it yet. All they're telling themselves right now is like, "Oh, give it time. It'll it'll hurt Go less." Away. And I, you know, but it's still. With the finals going on right now, you have to imagine it's still so fresh in their minds yeah. that you, they're just not going to be over it for a little while now. Especially if especially the Warriors just mop up Cleveland, right? Yeah. If they win yeah. five games, they're going to be like, holy yeah. shit. Like, right. We had the title right there. Yeah. It was like ours for the taking. Because if you go back to the Warriors game in Game 7, the Warriors were up the same amount of points that Thunder were up, and they finished up. And so, Because if we go back to Kevin Durant, he had an awesome 7-0 run at the end, and then Ibaka makes that foul on Curry. Yeah. Which gets three free throws. And I was like, but going back to how we talk about, you know, when coaches say two points are worth the same in the fourth quarter as the, as the first quarter. And I'm like, no, no, no. What happens is like when you drag yourself into a hole, then you have your margin of error is so slim that yeah. that just simple foul for three free throws basically got you out because yeah. you played so bad in the third quarter when you only scored 12 points. And so, but Kevin Durant made that three, had a 7-0 run, got it, had him right there. If they make the stop, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a minute left. He gets another bucket. They're down two. And, and the, they couldn't make the plays. And then the Warriors made the plays in the game six. And, and Clay Thompson was just and, was unreal. Like, that, you know that performance will go down in playoff history, I, I believe. You know what's funny is that through, like, that tough, you know, Oklahoma City blowing it, we still don't know how that affects Durant. Like, if they would have gone on... Yes. Beating Golden State, beat Cleveland, win the championship. Is he then 
Do you say, oh, is he then, he's brought a title, Oklahoma City. City. Does he say, like, oh, let me go do this at home because, I, you know, I've seen what happens in this case. I really want to get my brand in L.A. or something, right? Or now, you know, now does it leave him very unsatisfied in Oklahoma City and so he wants to continue for a while. They want to try again. Or does he really see, like, get back to it. Does he really see how he and Westbrook can't work? Does he see how, like, again... I'm going to get back to who is the best pass-first point guard after Chris Paul in this league. I'm going to say John Wall. Yes, And sure. does Durant, not only the allure of playing at home, uh, playing with the pass-first point guard, playing with a different dynamic, playing in a situation you're familiar with the coach, is that that's going to be very attractive. So I feel like I, I more think, bullish on KD to D.C. Your feelings have changed I am here. bullish on it being an option because an option, a lot of right? he's going to he, he's going to hear the Wizards out. He's going to give them a chance to give their pitch. Now, ultimately, I think he will. I, I think Are the Wizards a better is, option than Celtics? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, think I don't so. know the Celtics. No, you, you don't leave and then go to Boston. I'm sorry. Well, there's no, yeah, there's no all-star that. on the roster. Yeah. Like Isaiah Thomas, but he plays no like, defense. Yeah, and then the rumors no are like, oh, Durant's agents had meetings with Boston about who they're getting. I, that's, I, to me, that's If he goes bullshit. to the East, it's not Boston, right? Yeah. It'd probably I, I be Miami over, over, I would say Miami over Boston. He appreciates, he if he leaves Oklahoma City, he's going to Washington. I'll tell you that right now. But he appreciates being able to grow up from the Sonics franchise to Oklahoma, to the Thunder franchise and just what he's accomplished there. I think that, that eight years means so much to him that he's willing to say like, all right, well, I don't know if it totally works with Westbrook, but look how far we got. Let's make some tweaks. This is the first year with Billy Donovan. Let me let me stay another year or do that, like, whatever the contract they say mm-hmm. that he's going to sign, like three, three or two years where you can opt out. Let me just hang out for one more year because my time is valuable in Oklahoma City, and let me re-up with the Thunder. And then, of course, that, that'll be bring like, the KD to D.C. thing won't be dead because people will just want to say, like, oh, well, let's recruit him again when he opts out. Yes. And we'll, well, it's, it's really... We'll uh, get rid of Gortat. Yeah, we'll create salary cap by, like... It is wash, wrench, repeat yes, in this yes. situation. But I, I think that's what happens. But I think he will listen to the Wizards. And we don't know. Like, we don't know if his heart will change or, or think something else or, or what happens this summer. Kyle, you're making me feel really good because cause the Spurs, I never rooted for the... It should, it I, yeah, should no, feel good. I, no, 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 no better because I never rooted harder for the Spurs than I did against the Thunder. And I was like, all right, look at, especially after game one when they got their ass kicked, I was like, oh, dude, this is just the best. If the yeah. Spurs just kick the Thunder's ass, he's going to want to... Yo, He's going to think, he can't, I can't get past San Antonio yeah. or Golden State. And then now they come yeah. back and they, they demolish the, the Spurs. They have the, the Warriors on the ropes. But now they don't finish the Warriors, so maybe there's yeah. a crack of, of optimism and hope. I don't know. And, and, yeah. and you're right in the sense that uh, everyone says, okay, well, it makes more sense for him to be the free agent with Russ, Russbrook. That's the mainstream. Yeah. And there's more money involved because next year he can sign that longer deal, right? But he's getting two hundred million from Nike, dude. Yeah, 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 like, 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 what is? What, I, mean, I know, like, what's four? But what, what is four forty million to someone that's making five hundred million in a career? I mean, that's like yeah. five or ten percent of your earnings. Like, that's he, he's know. the type who he's like a David West type. He will yeah. sacrifice money to win a championship. Yeah. And I, I feel like his mom, his brother. He said the other day he's going to talk to his agent and his dad. And I was like, he said, gave some quote. I was like, I, I don't know. His dad was involved. And then yeah. I was like, and I was like, well, not his brother and mom that were sitting courtside at every, every Thunder game. So, Kyle, we, this is what a great segue. We're about to do this conversation because we're, this segues into Mr. Scott Brooks. So, new do coach. you feel, the do you feel, coach. the new coach of the Washington Wizards, do you feel 
right away, uh, John Walls asked. Everyone's going to ask. They ask him. I think it was the third or fourth question of his. I think Mike Weiss asked at the press conference by the name about Kevin, D, Kevin Durant. But yeah, do you feel Scott Brooks was hired because they that's their plan? How much? I, I, I feel that that is a factor because even like you can't say uh, it's not a factor, you know, right? Even if we'll be stupid to say it's not a factor. Like yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah, right? it's a factor, and and it's a move that certainly doesn't hurt. You know, I will. I'll get back to thinking like Scott Brooks is going to be a coach that a lot of teams wanted this summer anyway. There's been a lot of movement. I mean, you could. I think he's better than Jeff Hornacek in New York. Uh, yes. You know, D'Antoni Houston. I think Scott Brooks is a better hire than that. Uh, Atkinson in Brooklyn, Fizdale in Memphis. I mean, yes, the Wizards could have gone. I like Fizdale. I wanted Fizdale. Yeah, I think the Wizards could have done something like that in a different situation. Yeah, but when you if you sit there and like, okay, do we go new? We have a three-year plan to get Durant. Yeah, do we say okay? Okay, like we've had this plan all along. Do we go to unproven guy who hasn't been in playoffs and hasn't like really carried a team as a head coach, or do we just go ahead, Scott Brooks? He's a little bit more proven. Has a connection with Durant. I mean, that's an if you're if you're hedging your bets, that's an easy one. Um, but what about the point that Royce uh, Royce for ESPN? Uh, oh yeah, I mean, he uh, says like if Durant if, if Durant wanted him to be the coach, he said he'd still be there. I felt like that was I don't know. I mean, if Durant wanted, like, I think that's self serving. Yeah, that's opinion, a little right? self serving. Right? I mean, that, that I know is, his angle. He's a yeah, thunder guy. Right? He's, yeah, he's a thunder that. guy. I mean, there's a lot of Royce Young. I'm sorry, Royce Young. Royce Young. Yeah, yeah there's a lot I like of front Royce office too, moves. Whatever. I mean, I, I don't, I don't buy that too much. But uh, so, why do you think the Wizards hired him? Why do they not interview other coaches? I'm not gonna. I told Jorge I'm not going to talk about this anymore, but I haven't got your yeah. opinions. I haven't got your opinions of this coaching search, of the lack of coaching search. Does Ernie Griffel just not want to interview dudes? I mean, uh, if, if, you know, how if many they interviews really wanted him. How many interviews, they, let's go to the list. How many interviews has he ever had, right? Let's go. Uh, Michael Lee told me that Flip was the only one that was interviewed. That they didn't interview anyone else. They hired Whitman uh, interimly, and then they also said they never really interviewed anyone else, right? I guess they wanted a drama-free thing. So has he never interviewed to... anyone? Uh, if we're talking about the Brooks thing... They obviously had their eye on him for a while and yes. made a decision. He's their number think, one right? guy a while ago. And from that point, if there's a guy, for whatever reason, he's number one on the list, like, why go through the drama of like parading names in and out and figuring out or maybe get into a bidding war with another team? Because the Rockets and the Lakers, I think. Were, yeah, were, I think even Minnesota, even though they hired Thibodeau and yeah. ultimately conceded a lot of power to him. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I think Brooks is on their radar too. So. You know, it's really minor, although it's frustrating when you look at like, the, the management in you know, the bigger picture. Yes. But to me, it's like, okay, they hired the guy. They, they could have hired a number of coaches that, that it's really sort of a hit or miss thing. They went after their guy and they got him. Okay? Do, do, you, like, do you think it becomes like just if it was uh, John Smith GM, team president John Smith? Found a top candidate, gave him a bunch of money, got got the guy, yeah. went after it, paid went what after did, it, and, like, then, and everyone would be all straight, right? But now uh, it's Ernie, now it's Ernie Gruffield, right? Yeah. And I was like, this motherfucker can't even interview him. Why is like, he still in charge? I wonder if the right? narrative like would have been, say, the Knicks hired Scott Brooks right right away, like yes. they got their guy. I, I I feel that the New York media have been like, okay, like. Things are different in New York. Oh, Phil yeah. Jackson went and got like this guy. Yeah. It's not Rambis. It's not Derek Fisher. It's like this it's not guy. Not the triangle so, guy, right? Yeah. So it's 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 fine. I think Brooks is a, a decent hire. Yeah. What's your as thoughts de- of, of as him decent as, a coach. as anyone else? 
Um, he's already met with Gortat. We'll he was he went to, he hung out with Wall the other day. Beal Wall. I think he traveled and met with Sadoransky, I believe. Oh really? Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't. He, he's been on the circuit, and, and that's what he you know was I I was at his introductory press conference. Yes. That was his Tell me your thing, take on like, that. To go to Tell go take like, on meet every player. What's your where take they on wanted. that? My take was that he he does seem a little bit vanilla. I think he has a strengths in both offense and defense. Um, what the two things that stood out to me was one that he did go like in addition to making the rounds and visiting all the players where they are, uh, he went to the Sloan, the MIT Sloan yes, conference. Yes. And one of his things, like I asked him, like you know, what what's your sort of what do you what was your takeaway? And he said there was some really cool pick and roll software that they were like breaking really? down, and he thought that was cool, and it, it sort of harked me back to like you know when. Whitman would get asked about the the pick and roll a lot, or even our friend yes. from uh, from SB Nation, Mister Mister Mike Prado, would ask Whitman and almost piss flip, him off. Flip, flip he, as well you know, too. Flip too. Yes. Flip him off and flip ask about the pick him. and roll. And and yeah, maybe, I believe Flip went after him after Derek Rose just eviscerated yeah. the Wizards' defense, and he was like, "Does anyone else have any other questions?" And Chris Miller was like, "Don't ask him <laughs> pick and roll, Mike. Don't ask him. Don't do it." It was so. I mean, and and I understand he asked a lot, about it a lot, but it's also a staple of NBA basketball yes. that's run 120 times. Yes. Per game, so yes. it, but it was interesting that now Brooks is talking about analytics and software, yes. you know, focusing on the pick and roll. And what's your, um, what your other point? That the other out? thing that stood out is when he spoke about John Wall. It wasn't necessarily the quote is like, "Oh, I think John Wall has another level." He focused on Wall and, and Beal for that matter. Is like these are guys who should be getting to the free throw line more. And I believe be shooting better than they as well too. Shooting better, but when they set, I, I think I feel like their offense is going to be set up and trying to get those guys to attack, and they're going to focus on getting to the free throw line, creating for teammates. So I think we're going to just see a lot more open open spacing and creating easy points like that. And so those those were encouraging, the two encouraging parts that stood out to to. Scott Brooks's press conference, but also I, th- I think him mentioning Ubre and Porter too, right? Like their development. Yeah, he he's, like, he he believes young. Yeah. I mean, he developed some young guys in Oklahoma City, right? I mean, he, it's hard to has. tell who who gets credit for all that, but but we have we Georgia cannot say Baca, that women really developed you know, young Reggie guys. Reggie Jackson, right? guys he yelled like that, at Seraphin yeah. and, and 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 put young dudes in the doghouse. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that was <laughs> Scott Brooks said he was a believer in both, and that was almost like I feel that that was one thing. Like the PR team, like all right, tell them you love Otto and Kelly Oubre. The fans yes. are like love yes. you. <laughs> you believe in it, you know. So of course you're going to say you believe in your young what, guys. One of the questions in. you asked him, you asked him the analytics one. He I also gave we, a uh, he did a podcast with Zach Lowe at that analytics conference. Yeah. And he talked. And Zach Lowe talked about how he. I, actually, I'd like to go back and listen yeah. to it too. And I, what I remember from listening to it at the time was Zach Lowe hammering him about playing Kendrick Perkins in the finals against Miami. Yeah. And then Durant. Why is Durant and Westbrook one of them on the court at the same time? Now it came out a lot later that Durant didn't want to come out of the game, and so he had a, Durant and him had these conversations. So some of that criticism maybe was maybe a little bit unfair. But yeah. it, but his answers of Kendrick Perkins. Uh, and they were wishy-washy and after the fact. I didn't really yeah. like his answers still afterward. Like, Zach Lowe was like, hey. And, but he was – what I what I liked about it is that when he was telling Zach Lowe, not so much his answers, I, I didn't really, like, agree with his logic of his answers. But he was, like, recognizing what Zach Lowe was coming from. Right? You know, like, it was like – Zach was like, hey, I'm being critical because I'm, like, analyzing a basketball game. Not because – Randy Whitman, right? You don't know anything. You don't know. I've yeah. been out of the game for 30 years. What do you know? Yeah. And it was like he was like recognizing this like angle of criticism and was, you know, was giving, I thought, like a bad answer to response. But but he was actually like recognizing and respecting the actual angle and not yeah. just like disrespecting yeah. and putting you down that you're even asking like, 
well, you shoot, uh, you shoot the highest percentage of three point shots, and you shoot the lowest ones. Maybe you should maybe take more. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. like, how dare you? Of course, yeah. I mean, that's you a know? national show too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Randy Whitman is going to be a little bit nicer when he goes in like one hundred six point correct, fan correct. As to but he was also not coaching anymore too. Also, yeah, yeah he's yeah. a free agent, so he's a little bit different. True. Uh, I, what do you? Um, so now we got Scott Brooks. How? Let's just well. I just talked about Randy Whitman, so let's talk about Randy Whitman. How, Randy, Randy Whitman, Whitman uh, your thoughts on his firing, uh, just from a professional standpoint, a personal standpoint, fan standpoint? Because I had different ones, I think, through all those. Yeah, you know, it, it was time, and it, I would say almost it was overdue because there. I think they had an opportunity at at various points in the season to actually fire him. There was that one bad road trip, uh, and and. I, you know, I could understand from a business perspective waiting and sort of seeing if this patchwork thing happened to work out, but it was also seemed pretty clear that this team had reached its ceiling with Whitman and they should have moved on and they waited too late. And, mm-hmm. and a, another other teams would have made a move. And I think it was maybe a little bit personal. Of Ted Leonsis maybe wanting to not seem too impatient, you know. And, and granted, like, Whitman earned his chance. You know, he helped, again, we get back to he helped change the culture. I think players respected him at some point. Got players buying on defense. Yeah, he got them buying on defense. He Best gets, defense we've had yeah. in this franchise in decades. He, he, he had some tough love. He didn't put up with bullshit. I think some players respected that. But I think there were some things that he became stubborn on and the dynamics of the team changed over time, especially when things don't work. Obviously, the the bad parts or the stubborn parts are going to stand out to players and, and maybe Whitman was just, he was just not a good manager of guys. I, I think we saw some of the, we read about some of the reports about, um, you know, late in the season when just the pick and roll coverage became, became terrible. And that was just part of it was like it's game 60. I, We're talking know, about pick and roll coverage. What the, yeah, what the hell? And man? I do think it was like a game little bit 60, of player 70. laziness, but it was a little bit of, of Whitman, not really, I think the players wanted him. There's a debate amongst players how how something should be guarded, and they looked to Whitman to make a decision. Yeah, what do you say? Figure it out on like, your yeah, own. Figure or something? out on your own. So you highlight that he, quote. You know, right? that's not going to be. That's not going to be. That's not something that's going to give you respect, uh, earn you respect as a manager. And I think that was just a little like creeping thing about losing respect. I think he had too many issues with whether like minor tiffs with Gortad and Dudley although those guys liked Whitman I think when you have minor tiffs people just sort of understand like look this guy means well everybody wants to win but it's not working out and so the Wizards moved on um you know Whitman is not a particularly memorable coach either in NBA I looked up on a basketball reference so currently he is he is 68th in the NBA all time and wins with 278 of course he has 406 losses. So his winning percentage, I think amongst the top like the top almost 80 ranked coaches in wins, Whitman had is tied for the second worst winning percentage. <laughs> tied for the second worst with Don Chaney, who I remember coached like the Rockets and Knicks yes, and he was yes. the next player. But you know, it's How just, is Wizards record? His so below, Wizards record below five hundred. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, forty-one and forty-one this year. We won forty-six and then forty-four time, games. So and then we one seventy-eight and one ninety-nine, which is a four seventy-two average, which is better than much better yes. than his time in Cleveland, Minnesota. Yes. So the, those times in those situations, which you know people pointed those too much when judging Whitman, he yeah. was in bad situations. Okay, uh, but still with the Wizards. 
And, and it's funny when you think about like what coach won. Remember you had that streak yes. of winning playoff games, yes. game ones yes. on the road. <laughs> His well, road record was like one of the best ever, right? <laughs> I think we'll remember him for the Whitman faces. Yes. You know, Whitman, Whitman face faces. became a great hashtag. We'll remember him for kind of being a jerk and he was kind of hard to yes. deal with, and that's yes. fine. I think that's okay. We'll remember him for. I stopped asking um, questions because I, I didn't want. There was, you know, there was no point to it anymore. He, he didn't. We will remember him for not putting up with shit necessarily from Andre Blatch and Nick mm-hmm. Young and Javel McGee. And I think Benji he was them. empowered to do that. And, and yes. you know, so I he will have his tenure. Jordan Crawford, my man, the But it's just this morning because it was it was past the set time up this year. I think it was set up this year to do yeah something. And then you have the Raptors. I think Rashad Mobley, our colleague here at Truth About It, made that point on Twitter the other day. Where he's like. Wow, we swept the Raptors. Casey maybe should have got fired. He sticks around. Yeah. Now he's getting an extension, and now Whitman's gone. And, and the funny it's thing funny is, how, like, how the Raptors made. just did not look that great in the playoffs. And I felt yes. like, yeah, they sort of found some fight in them to win two games yes. against Cleveland. But, like, I, I commented on top of Rashad's tweet that basically Dwayne Casey's Toronto's Randy Whitman. Yes. And I don't know who, who knows if they'll keep DeRozan. I, I don't know if he's keepable. Like for the price, of course they they probably have no. to. But he's probably uh, Lakers. Lakers, right? I think. Who who knows? But I just don't know if Dwayne Case is going to work out. He's going to be like the same situation Whitman was in this do, past do, year. Do, 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 uh, so when you look back at Ray Whitman's legacy, it's kind of. What's weird, Kyle, is that like me and you probably defended Whitman more than anyone. I would say we defended him. We would try to give both sides of this. Yeah. Yes, right? And, and you more so. And I remember specifically writing when they were four and twenty-eight, and I wrote this piece and be like, now when John Wall gets back from injury, now we can judge Randy Whitman. Because people were like, this is the worst yeah. start in franchise history. What the hell is going on? It was the worst offense ever. It was a mess. Yeah. All right. And so then we judge him, and then they played a lot better defense. They played they they became respectable that second half of the season. Then they go to the next year. You know, they win, what, 44 games, go to the playoffs, win the first playoff series against the Bulls. I thought he outcoached Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought he held on to Martel Webster way too long in that second series against the Pacers. I thought he made a lot of coaching decisions maybe that uh, he kind of uh, should have done. But, uh, hey, they went the same thing. Then the next year, they sweep the Raptors. Their John Wall injury. You know, Five games in the playoffs. John Wall is the best player in the NBA in the playoffs. Has the best stats there is. That wrist injury happened. They still got out. They still competed. They still, you know, had the Paul Pierce. They were there. You know, call bank. Then they were there. So they were like, okay, here it's all set up. And then it just all went to crap. Now, here's what I would say to you is that how much of this pace to space thing that was, was pressed onto him, you think? And well, like, you know, there like, was a time it, where it could have worked. And the, the team had to go in that direction. They yes. knew they were going in that was direction. The right it was how they should have built though, right? around John Wall in the first place. Yes. But Whitman was not the right coach for that. And so... I think that was sort of an issue. I don't buy the the stuff about there are too many guys on one year contracts. That, that yes. was sort of bullshit. So ultimately, it came I down to to there was there was an opportunity for Whitman to sort of um, maybe be that guy or help this team take that step. But I, I think a lot of the factors led to him not being that guy, and he just didn't rise to the occasion. So you can call him a scapegoat. He's not the only. Like he's he's not the only one to blame. Yes. Okay, but he's the easiest. It's the easiest position to fix. It's Ooh. such a you, you tweak and you find a better coach, and that's something that you can. You're not going to just suddenly get rid of talented players, you know. So you keep the players, you tweak the coach. Can't get a new owner. You know, and, 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 and team president for life obviously and, has better job yeah, security than anyone I've ever like, known. Yeah, you could certainly get a new GM, but you know, the Wizards have a 
roster and cap room that a lot of teams are envious of, and, and they're not committing. Yeah, they don't have a pick this year. I think Marquise Morris is a pretty damn good pick, and yes. it's not like they committed. It's not like they're you know Brooklyn or other teams that that really. You know, sold their picks. They don't we have draft. anything. Here we like, draft too. We were in like Sacramento, like was giving up picks just to like get rid of contracts. You yes. know, the Wizards have never done that. So, well, eventually they did, but that, is, that was a second round pick. But yes, yes but in general, so they not get ready for some picks. Changing GMs might not have had as much of a, an effect this year. All even if they, you know, they could have done it as the coaching. So that was the easiest, most positive so thing they could do. He, he appears to be a scapegoat. But in reality, maybe not. That's right. Just, that's right? the position. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of high turnover. And he has a chance. Like, the thing it. is, like, I don't know if he's. I think that he's only defined by scapegoat because fans and people do not want Underground Field running this team no more. And that is that is that that opinion is not going to change. That is set in stone. Yeah. And they have merit. <laughs> and Ted Leonsis, since six years of running this team, as as I'm, st- he keeps talking about plans and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, man. Like, all right, we won two playoff series where half the league makes the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Right. Like we caught some genie in the bottle for a few games. Like where is this young thing you're doing? Where's all this? All this ideas. Like the marketing part has to finally get up to the facts. And I, f- I feel like this year was a huge step back. And yeah. obviously Whitman is the one that is gonna gonna take the brunt of it. And guess what? I think it's it's fair to say he deserves to be fired because Kyle, the defense sucked. Yeah. Like like, like he was back. the coach because of the defense. The defense was top five elite defense. Last two years are two of the best defensively, statistically, this franchise has had, <laughs> and like, and like ever, dude. It's like not not ever, ever, but like I don't know. We can't really go to analytics of the seventies, but like those teams are like. But you can't. A long this time, is your area. Right? You're known for being defensive. And then you're back. Your team cannot take a step so back. The, so the, you know, so there so are consequences. So you're gone. So I guess my thing. Uh, do you feel? Here's the thing about Grunfeld too. Is that like, uh, yes? Do I feel like? Hell, I'm mad at Ted Leonson's hell. You can listen to a bunch of podcasts where I'll go off about Ted Leonson and his stupid plans and all this stuff. But Kyle, do you feel that like, they couldn't even fire Grunfeld? How do you go to Kevin Durant and you fire the coach and the GM and you have to hire all these people and be like, Hey, Kevin, come to this this, yeah, this, I, this unstable organization. Come home. You're right, right? Like, know, like yeah, it's a and, bad and sell. Really, and, I, and I think that people don't understand. It's, like, if they were going to fire Grunfeld, they should have maybe done it in the middle of the season or before. Because it's hard to go to Ke- – it's, it's one thing to be like, okay, they fired David Blatt when he went to the finals, right? Kevin McHale yeah. gets fired. Like, you can go to a star and be like, oh, you got rid of a coach. People get coaches. But, like, when you're like, we fired the coach and the GM. We haven't hired anyone. And or we had this other guy. Unless they hired, they could have hired the assistant Thunder GM, which which I would have maybe advocated for if it, you're going to go. It all kind of really comes down to one thing: Do you judge Grunfeld? And this is this is the where Ted Leonsis has drawn his line. Yes. You judge Grunfeld from when Leonsis took over ownership. They were bad enough. He sort of you know. Magically traded Gilbert Arenas So do you do you judge Grunfeld from that time on or do you include from when he was hired way back when? Yes. You know, where it was two thousand three, right? Yes. Oh, God, I guess. Yes. You know, Thirteen years. Thirteen right. years, yes. Do you do you go back and judge his entire tenure and like Vesely picks and shit that didn't work out, which were post Leonsis, but also the stuff that happened uh, before, where you know maybe you didn't give Arenas a contract, although you did give up Kwame Brown and got Karan Butler in return. So you think? So that, so I, you, I think that's where play, a lot a lot of fans. fans don't care. They just see the big franchise as a whole. They're they're frustrated from the A Poland days. Yes. 
That is carried over to the Leonsis stage. And he's the longest serving so, GM in the, in the league without a championship. The only yeah. ones that have been there that long all have championships. And so it gets down to Ted Leonsis says, I am only judging him from when I took over. And so Six knowing that, I didn't, I had no expectations that Grunfeld would be fired oh, this summer. I knew no. he wouldn't. So it, it's sort of like that is one thing out of so many things going on with this team that I've said, like, okay... I knew he wasn't going to get fired. Put it past you. Let's see what his team does, I guess, when he's sort of executing his plan. You never know. Like, Grunfeld does have tricks up his sleeve. You, you look at, like, granted, we, we defended say, all his moves, Kyle. Yeah, like, I, mean, like, I still would defend him. But yeah, like, I don't think Sam Cassell was solely responsible for them oh, suddenly getting Paul decision. Pierce. You yeah. know, no. Or, like, yeah, Sam Cassell went they to kept LA. They should have kept Sam Cassell. Yeah, I don't think sure. they're, I think Cassell really wanted to go. But they should have paid him the money, though, right? I think he wanted to get a different experience under Doc Rivers so he can ultimately be a head coach. So, you know, Cassell just wanted to go. But, you know. Do you think that Sam Cassell maybe would have been the head coach this year? They would have maybe fired women? I feel like there was nobody on the staff that they could have interimly gave the job to, right? Yeah. I, I think he's the only one that could have really had the passion and the energy and the fire to, to get to this team. I don't think any of the other assistant coaches would have been. So, no. neither here nor there. But I think, I, like the Grunfeld thing... It's 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 what done is defeated does. us. His yeah. girlfriend defeated you because the other day some guy retweeted something I said about Grunfeld in like 2012 or 13, no, and I was like I mean, just vicious. Like I was just like I'm just going off like no, to his record, and it was like I, I I feel like he's defeating the sense that like it it's is not worth fretting over. At yes, this point. right. We'll see, like, like, I, you know, I feel like it's we'll just much a negative energy that I just I just given up. Like Grunfeld has won. We'll and, see. You know, I, no one's winning. I, not we'll one. See what but happens like, this summer. Yes, yes. You know. Well, that, don't you think that's why fans are pissed? They're like, okay, well the same dude is going to make all these huge decisions for the team and his contract is a one year maybe he's a lame duck too potentially but he's team president for life so he's now he's always got some shady contract on the back end uh you know be reported mysteriously in a mike wise column or in a throwaway <laughs> line somewhere else like no one no turns mike not disguised on the undefeated yeah, like so yeah someone someone will tweet out but 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 god do you think that thing is like i feel like i feel like what you do is they should just hire tommy shepherd and have Grunfeld retire. And, 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 and also, that's what I think they should do, but it, cosmetically, for PR reasons, for the fans, but obviously Ted doesn't, Ted doesn't care. The whole point of this is it's what's done is done, so it's not worth even talking okay, about. Okay, okay, one point before we move on. Do you feel that the reason that Grunfeld in Ted Leonson's eyes gets gets a slide is because he's doing exactly what he told him to do? You know what I mean? Like it's like people were so mad at Grunfeld, and like Grunfeld's basically doing like all like this. They sat in a room with a PowerPoint. They sat in a room with a PowerPoint, had a meeting three years ago, and said we're going to do all this and this. And you come to me with these decisions. And also that Abe Pullen was such an unideal owner, and that some of Grunfeld's decisions were hindered by Abe Pullen's ownership. And so part of it is yes. that he's doing what Leonce said. He also did what Poland said, I guess one could argue. But Poland's, I think, Poland bigger picture, his bigger picture was always misplaced. Yes. And Leonce is a different owner. Yes, I agree. That concludes part one of my discussion with Mr. Truth About It, Kyle Weedai. Go check out part two. It should be up shortly. We really delve into many of the main issues going on with the Washington Wizards this summer. It's a very excellent discussion. I think everyone will enjoy it. Thank you, as always, for listening. Be sure to tip your bartenders and waitresses. Always advocate for my fellow D.C. citizens to have a say in the legislative branch of our federal government because paying taxes with no representation is some bullshit. As always, go Wiz. Peace out.
Falls in love. 